The stars are out, the red carpet's rolled. It's time for our favorite award show. It's Butter with That. Butter with That. Wow. Welcome back to Butter With That, part two that was beautiful of our awards extravaganza. We have drank 10 bottles of Martinelli's. What? We are wearing the fanciest costumes that money can afford. Oh my God. Connor's got a mean <laughs> sugar high. I got a mean sugar <laughs> high, and I'm ready to talk about best TV of the year, woo, woo, best woo. cinematography of the year, woo. best VFX of the year, best picture. Yeah, that is the year. round out our awards for 2019, man. Oh, yes. Um... Last week, we went through uh, four of the categories, best performance, use of music, best script, worst movie, and I loved all the surprising answers. What a Um, rush. So we're going to kick today off (laughs) with uh, the rush of best TV of the year. I think this was my hardest category. Oh my God, this was so easy for Um, me. Between two HBO shows, Chernobyl and Watchmen. Um, Ultimately, I thought about what show was able to do the most with the least, and that was Chernobyl as best TV of the year. Uh, six episodes. Uh, the talking... least. What is, what's least about <laughs> no, that no, show no. as far as storyline? So or compared to resources, to Watchmen's nine episodes, Chernobyl's only six. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Having the Watchmen brand kind of propel it, like this was. A subtle storyline. Yes. <laughs> Just more character driven. Um, sorry, Christine. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so Chernobyl, uh, six episodes um, chronicling what happened with the Chernobyl power plant in the Ukraine, in the USSR, uh, starring Jared Harris, Stellan Skarsgård. Um, and you told me that he was Richard Harris's son, Christine. Mm-hmm. Which and totally... Sam Hone told me that. So. Oh, he looks like him. He does look like Yeah, when you said I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the just horribly graphic portrayals of radiation poisoning, uh, following the firefighter, the initial scene. Um, every episode mm-hmm. has just mm-hmm. like a hugely impactful like tear-jerking moment uh, at the f- end of the first episode you see all the people in the town of chernobyl they're standing on a bridge and it's like it's snowing with the fallout and they're catching mm. on their tongues they're outside like they just think it's snow or you know just something kind of fun and that's just like utterly as you see everybody just like literally melt in front of you mm-hmm. uh, people's skin tear off like and hearing about how they did all the prosthetic work was incredible mm-hmm. and then as episode by episode went as they're trying to like unravel the red tape to cover it up and the final episode being like a very much a dramatized court case of it uh, and then going back in time to see like a more polished version like they just do cool stuff with like explaining what happened with the chernobyl plant the guy who ran the plant like kind of telling his story um just all in all definitely show that i will absolutely never forget and between Watchmen and chernobyl i would probably recommend chernobyl if somebody had to pick one mm. gotcha and i know you were really excited about Watchmen, so that's i interesting loved to hear. Watchmen as well but um i think this is just put it on in front of somebody and no matter who they are, I think that they'll really get into it. Gotcha. Um, I always feel like there's so much TV I miss because I just end up watching so many movies. Um, so there's like a ton of stuff I wanted to see. But um, I also was like tied for a few. But I think I'll have to go with um, season two of Mindhunter, uh, yes. which I really loved. Um, I thought season one was really good. I read the book after watching it as someone who was just like super into true crime stuff and like really into like profiling when I was younger. I think this uh, show just does such a great job and I love Jonathan Groff uh, and so um, he's like really amazing as um, the main character uh, Holden 
Um, so season two was really great. They did the Atlanta child murders, which is like a very, very tragic case, um, which, you know, to this day, they still don't really know like what's happened to all of those kids. And it's really horrifying. Um, and I thought they did like a really great job with that as well as like doing really good, like character development in season two. So, um, definitely check out seasons one and two of Mindhunter. Oh, what well, they put Bill Tench through his partner. In I know. Season two it's yeah. heartbreaking. I like always forget about that because that story is so mind boggling to me like i can't even believe it but yeah yeah very good jonathan groff is from lancaster oh he's such a cutie and they film a lot of mindhunter in pennsylvania oh that's cool wow at least they did with the first season uh my tv pick was this was hard um but I went with Fleabag season two. Hell yeah! I just so wrote. Good. I just wrote down hottest, funniest, best written and acted season of TV. And she won. <laughs> and she won. Yeah. Thank God. And yeah, it was. I think, uh, like Connor mentioned, this is a testament to like what can be achieved in like, I think, focused storytelling and like really it just revolves around, like. Four characters, maybe so five characters, and um, it's just so funny. Yeah, I had a feeling someone would pick it, so I was like, <laughs> okay, I feel good like not picking that. Yeah, I've got to watch Fleabag. It's so great, it's so great, and you watch it like so quick. Yeah, just yeah, eat it up. Yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it, I accidentally missed an episode, so when I rewatched it with my roommate, I was like, oh, I don't remember this. <laughs> <laughs> lost episodes. <laughs> Um, so I also picked Chernobyl nice. and, um, Connor, you mentioned this scene, but usually I pick favorites if I can remember a scene and it really sticks with me. And it mm-hmm. is the moment on the bridge because in the last episode you find out that it's actually called the death bridge mm-hmm. and they tell you that every single person that was on it died. And like, Ugh. I just started like as, as all the text at the very end scrolls, I was just like, weeping essentially but like when it got there i was like oh there were there was children and like there were so many children up there and they were just like it's no it's great like i i can't they did nothing the government did nothing like they lived there for weeks Mm -hmm. and then like the oh it really makes you like reconcile some pretty hard things because they just left all the animals and then they eventually go back and kill them um, because they don't want the animals like going and, and spreading and it is just heartbreaking and the fact that Jared Harris didn't win a Golden Globe like what the fuck that's a crime still in Skarsgård won but like still what the f- Jared was Harris. he nominated he was yeah in a year of great duos I think those two they're like they're pretty hostile antagonistic to each other and then as the series goes on they like form this bond that mm-hmm. is really fascinating there's one moment in the show where um Stellan's character recognizes that, oh, he's going to get cancer and he's going to die. And the two of them are saying to each other, yeah, we're here. We're, we're going to die. And it's just like a really sobering moment because you, you watch him experience that and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a great show. I got to mm-hmm. rewatch that. Mm-hmm. Well, damn. I mean, I would... <laughs> I did want to give it to Chernobyl, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> that another, on another on Dave's. Haven't seen it, but <laughs> yeah, just like one of those, like the itch is just like, yeah, I, this is for me, but I haven't seen it, so I can't fairly say that it should win. Although based on what I've heard, it sounds like it should. But I, again, I haven't seen it, but so I can't cast my vote for that. Um, 
Similarly, I can't cast my vote for... Um, <laughs> and Christine will understand me a little on this. Ne- Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I only discovered this year because it became available on Netflix, which after being like extremely limited to like uh, very expensive DVDs and stuff like that to a Western audience, it- it's become available. And it is like the most haunting media presence I've ever experienced. It's going to stay with me for a very long time. Um, but of stuff that came out this year that I did see as it came out this year, I would have to hand it off uh, in terms of television to I Think You Should Leave. Mm. Mm, nice. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> that was my other. Which is is Tim Robinson's uh, sketch comedy program. Uh, Tim Robinson, formerly of Comedy Central's Detroiters, which if you haven't seen, it only has two seasons and is fantastic. Um, but was canceled. Really great show. But uh, Robinson really brings a fresh dose of the absurd to this net- Netflix sketch comedy series. Um, Robinson has a true knack for pushing the sketch premises to their most absurd and abstracted extremes with toe-curling comedic timing and expert casting. So across the board, I thought it was pound for pound an amazing little franchise um, that I hope gets a, a renewal because, as I understand mm. it, it probably already has. And um, if if not, I'm sure that we'll, we have not heard the last of Tim Robinson in terms of sketch comedy, if not comedy in general, because he's he's hysterical. Yeah. So I really look forward to, uh, to seeing more of that, if not uh, walking away with this year's one season of that show being really fantastic. Mm. So um, a tough year, but uh, uh, nice to find comedy in the absurd every once in a while and uh, perhaps best explored by Tim Robinson this year. And uh, uh, I think you should leave. So that's what I give it to. I feel like that could be Netflix's secret weapon to like combat Disney Plus of like these. I mean, they've been doing stand up for so long, and these like special comedy specials. Like, I think it's cool if they like are going to do more stuff like that. They also briefly ran uh, a series on Netflix called, um, and I don't remember, but it's 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 like a series that um, just highlights certain comedians and allowing them to explore several different premises oh. as sketch format. The characters. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. I watched that. Right, that right, 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 right. That's what it is. And what was so great is I hadn't seen a lot of those comedians when I watched that that series, but then they start I started seeing them in a lot more right things and like Robinson's the blonde guy. Is, I keep, is oh, maybe that's probably the best. It's so good. Maybe that's who I'm thinking. Yeah, anyhow. I was, that's great. So Netflix has taken that off. What's mm-hmm. that? The characters? The sh- the the show you're talking about, where comedians get one episode. Are we oh, talking no, about the same still, thing? Yeah, that's still on. But oh, okay. It, it just it was a one season thing. I don't like comedy, but I like that show. Yeah, <laughs> that's my ringing endorsement. <laughs> the first episode when he's like leaving the job interview and he's trying to pull the door open. I was and not it... in my right mind for <laughs> any of that show, so I don't remember some stuff. But I was like hyperventilating through like most of it. The honk if you're horny. Uh, bumper sticker sketch is <laughs> is one of my favorite sketches oh, in a God. long time. So yeah, God. it's always nice to see sketch comedy done well because it doesn't happen a lot. Mm. Speaking of sketch comedy done well, let's move on to best cinematography. Ooh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, I kind of I don't know. I had a hard time with this one, and then I didn't. Mm. Um, I'm gonna have to give it to Avengers Endgame. For okay. great great reasons and uh, cynical reasons, as well. Okay. Um, I love the. I think it's the suits that they have to like go through the time vortex. Those mm-hmm. were all CG, mm-hmm. and I thought those looked really great. Um, they find like even Thor Ragnarok. This like Hulk looks great. Like I feel like all the CG characters look really believable. Baby Groot. I love when they um, CG up Fat Thor. Like mm-hmm. in an instant, like he transforms. I thought that was a really great moment. Um, I liked Meek. 
Little me. Mm-hmm. Captain America with the, the mm-hmm. hammer. And even his broken shield, that was all digital too. Mm. Um, so some really great seamless stuff. The cynical side is how they were able to film everybody individually with redacted scripts mm-hmm. in that big final battle scene and still make it feel cohesive and that they did not do that. Mm. So some movie trickery for good and movie trickery for something that's a little more cynical. Like Tom Holland only had, what, a couple sentences for most things? Mm-hmm. Um, I know Brie Larson was the same for Captain Marvel. So it's kind of interesting of like sneaky, sneaky storytelling to keep these like plots super top secret so that way nothing so gets silly. out. Which like as an actor, that must suck. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's like you're doing your performers a disservice. <laughs> you like... don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. But correct, like the VFX team and um, the direction, the edit, directing, the editing to like make it feel, I felt it was pretty seamless. I didn't even you know, realize that they were all doing that kind of separately. So good stuff, cynical stuff for VFX for me. Avengers Endgame. For VF? Oh, we're, we're doing, doing visual effects? Visual effects. Cinematography, sorry. Well, well, I messed that up. Should we just, let's do visual yeah, effects? Yeah, let's yeah, just do yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do That was your pick then. for visual yeah. effects. That was my pick for visual effects. Okay, great. Sorry. Cool. I got like kind of confused. You were talking. I was like, did I fuck this up really hard? <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no. but I was going, yeah, sure. <laughs> No, that was me fucking it up. Too much Martinelli's. Too um, much red carpet. For me, <laughs> best visual effects will have to go to Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. Um, he was so big, and Mothra was, was so big. beautiful. Yeah. Um, but um, I... A lot of times, like, I, I love watching older movies because I love, like, practical effects. And so, especially with, like, movies like Godzilla, where, like, practical effects, it's, like, people in fucking suits. And it's amazing. <laughs> um, and a lot of the times, like, a ton of CGI really, like, fucks me up. I remember seeing some of the fucking, like, Transformers movies. And, like, they give me a headache because I can't understand what's going on. There's but no this... volume to any of what you're seeing. Yeah, no. it's crazy. And so, for, like, this movie to, like create all of these monsters and have so much of it be like CGI and have it look really amazing and really well done was like so cool. Um, Like Godzilla's home at the end, like underwater is really beautiful and wonderful. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Again, like the way Mothra looks, her wings, her like bioluminescence, it's also good. And like the fight scenes are really good too. Like uh, King Ghidorah and Godzilla going at it are fucking amazing. Yeah. Big fan. Mothra was gorgeous. She's, yeah, she's one of my favorite prettiest. fictional characters. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she, yeah, we're rewatching. We just got like Mothra. Um, oh, I got it for Christmas from Garrett um, on Blu-ray. So we he watched that for the first time, and it was like very fun. Um, she's great. The scene in that movie where they're in like that underwater bunker, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Okay, he's coming," and they're so like they're putting they're putting the lock down, but for some reason it comes back up, and you see it like blinking off in the distance, and he was like, "Whoosh!" <laughs> that was, I, it got I me. It got mm-hmm. I jumped. Yeah, it's great. Godzilla's hauling ass. I loved. <laughs> he's that. amazing. Godzilla. Yeah, I'm, yeah, the best boy. True. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Best yeah. boy. The best boy. Um, for my best visual effects, I did uh, or picked the movie Ad Astra, which I saw Ooh, kind Dad of Astra. recently. Was it good? Dad's Dad Astra. Astra. <laughs> um, That's it. It's about space dads. <laughs> That's it. Oh. And the episode Done. there, roll the carpet. I've heard up. that it looks amazing. It looks great. Yeah. It. Um. I really enjoy. I had some. Uh, it has it has a voiceover that like I really wasn't digging. But besides okay. that, the movie generally I'd recommend. But it looks so good there is this moon like 
rover battle that happens that Ooh. I have, n- I've never seen anything like it. And I've watched a shit ton of space <laughs> shit. Um, <laughs> but it's this high chase, the high speed chase on the moon mm. in like lo- a low gravity set. I mean, part of it's in the trailer. I think you like see like a clip of it's it. Yeah. Phenomenal. Oh, cool. It's really phenomenal. I don't like the uh, visual effects supervisor is Alan, Maris, um, but that moon rover battle is so such a standout moment. There's also an opening scene where Brad Pitt's character is working in a spacesuit, basically at the tip of a tower that goes through the Earth's atmosphere almost into space, and then he falls. This is not no sport. Mm. He falls from that height all the way to Earth, and the the like effects of the actual fall in the tower i mean it looks stunning so that's my pick highly recommend dad astra (laughs) never even i never heard of that i love that it's great uh my pick is detective pikachu hell yeah bulbasaur's eyes for the win fuzzy pikachu bulbasaur i picked it just for bulbasaur quite i mean the whole movie's great but like uh I could just look into Bulbasaur's eyes forever. And, like, they're all different. Mm-hmm. They have all little different markings. And, I'm just, and like, the part in the movie where the Bulbasaur's come, I was like, ah. Like, I just wanted to be, like, <laughs> like brought into the fold of the Bulbasaur's. Mm-hmm. We'd be happy there. I would. I could just die. That's mm-hmm. fine. I feel like this a is, place. it could have done, like, a cat's route. I think, but they yeah, like yeah. nailed. I feel like every Pokemon looks and fantastic. And Psyduck looked great. Oh, oh yeah, and I love how they made Charizard look lizardy because he's yeah. not a dragon type Pokemon. He's a fire yeah, lizard yeah, Pokemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, um, the way I was, you know, as someone who's super in the Pokemon, the way they made him look lizardy, I thought was mm-hmm. like super awesome. And like the Mister Mime scene. No, mm-hmm. stop. Oh, uh, it was so funny, <laughs> and so well done too. So well done. Uh, I can't wait for more Detective Pikachu. I still Pikachu. haven't seen Detective Pikachu. We have it on either. DVD if anyone wants to borrow it. Ooh, movie night. Ooh, line me up. Yeah. Movie that would be a fun good. movie night. That would be an yeah. amazing yeah. movie night. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll always watch Detective Pikachu. <laughs> the, I've, I told the story before. The woman who sat next to me, anytime Psyduck did anything, <laughs> was just losing her shit. And it was the best thing ever. That was her Pokemon. That was her like childhood coming. Oh. It was, yeah, incredible. That was one of my favorite movie going experiences of the year. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, this one, um, this one it was kind of a little bit easy uh, to a certain extent uh, of what I saw because most of what I saw wasn't like all that extravagant in terms of visuals. So um, for me, uh, the best visual effects would go to Midsommar. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of the notes that I had is uh, of the number of films setting out to visually capture the experience of hallucinogenic euphoria. Uh, I can think of few production teams as successful as Midsommar's. Uh, the ins- the insular ecstasy or anxiety of a trip are rendered here with a stellar accuracy through manipulation of backgrounds, peripheral distortions, and uh, frenetic camera work, making it an experiential horror for both the character and audience alike. So I think that it really steeps the audience um, in in the same kind of experiential place that the characters are in. And there's like constantly a feeling of it exposure too i mean like constant sunlight sunlight permeates the whole movie and like in the scenes like when they're tripping like it's just they're like out in the bright and it's just like no escape and 
horrid. Yeah. <laughs> and as a horror movie, being able to like see the nuances of like a hallucinogenic experience as rooted in the horror of a situation is is so well established as opposed to like a movie that would be darker and would would kind of like limit one's range in terms of absorbing and like observing that kind of stuff i would not think that vfx would go to midsummer interesting i haven't seen it yet oh it's really great there's some like very like brian fuller hannibal-esque stuff towards the end of that movie that i'm really into yeah right on uh, now let's go to the category that I messed up not doing, <laughs> best cinematography. Uh, hands down, this goes to The Lighthouse. Uh, from mm-hmm. the aspect ratio to the setting to how it's filmed, um, bl- nature of it being black and white, the sets, the scenery, all of it just really is like fully engrossing. And all, um, I think just speaks to how strong Edgar's vision is as a director, as a filmmaker, to create a unified package that just... Um, the cinematographer, Dave, do you have the cinematographer's name offhand or I don't, but they were recently nominated for a BAFTA. Well-deserved. Um, so yeah, hands down best cinematography in terms of like being engrossed in the world goes to lighthouse. Hmm. Um, I felt like an idiot cause I didn't <laughs> look up the name of mine. Um, uh, I, this was a tough one for me. Um, but I decided, I think, officially to go with Parasite. Um, okay. Because nice. um, there's just like a ton of visuals for that movie that just go along with the general theme. And I was trying to pull up the cinematographer's name because I don't have it. Um, but um, yeah, there are moments where like um, there's this thing where you see someone like flushing a toilet and then it cuts to like the people living like in like the poor area and you see like gross toilet water coming up yeah and there's like visuals like that where you like really understand what this movie is about um oh god (laughs) i was like oh you're gonna read it for me i feel so bad there's no way i can pronounce this gentleman's name without like butchering it yeah um but anyway, he was masterful in, like, helping, like, Bong, like, with his vision for, for this movie. Um, and, like, Parasite's a weird movie where, like, people keep being like, oh, yeah, like, it's a horror movie. And it's really not a horror movie. But there's so much of the way certain scenes look or feel that they feel like they're a horror movie or a different type of genre, like, than what they actually are. They're really, like, amazing, like, comedic moments and slow motion and just, like, all of these things that like really just like bring across those like bigger ideas that the movie has and like the way the movie captures sense of space like yeah. the cramped yeah. quarters of mm-hmm. the family's home where they live at the beginning yeah when they're and just like the, on top of each other yeah. yeah and then the um wealthy home and the mm-hmm. glass windows and the ex- sort of expansiveness yeah of, of that interior yeah the movie shot really well uh my uh Selection for cinematography was uh, Claire Mathen, who did the cinematography for Atlantics. So that was my other pick for this movie. Um, It's set on this coastal town in Senegal, and the way that the movie captures the lush colors of of, um, the town and the the beach, Um, it's it's beautiful, it's haunting. Um, Yeah, and they're the movie captures and this uh cinematography captures these moments of really beautiful intimacy between characters and um switches really well between interiors and um the coastline and and the ocean and the shots of the ocean are just magnificent so beautiful sam best cinematography so the movie i really want to pick for this 
I'm not going to do it because I made like a, a deal with myself <laughs> that at only one movie, if you use it once, you can't use it again. So I'm going to save it for something else. <laughs> so okay. my second choice is The Outlaw King. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And I think that there's like the the way that it's shot helps you understand how like not only gritty how like how how, like gritty and terrible the whole situation was but like how impossible um the scottish people uh their their whole journey was and and like it's just really well done and then also you do get to see chris pine in all chris pineness yeah i love him yeah Mm -hmm. same uh, or Hollywood Christmas. Hollywood Christmas. <laughs> Can't believe no one picked a Chris Pine movie. Mm. No. That's mm. all right. Yeah. Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement. I'm very <laughs> excited for Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Nice. Well, best cinematography for me goes to Midsommar. Drenching a horror film in near constant sunlight is a bold enough decision, but when enhanced by cinematographer... Uh, Powell Parozelski's uh, well-trained eye. This idyllic Swedish backdrop becomes a visual nightmare. Extended takes, highly specified panning shots and camera movements, as well as an attention to technical craft and thematic symmetry, give this already captivating film an even more alluring and almost hypnotic quality. Um, so, Midsommar. Uh, Midsommar getting a lot of love. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's ranking up uh, among a, a few others, which we'll cover at the end as far as the score goes. <laughs> All right, we are on. We are on to our last category: the Uh-oh. best picture of the year. Oh uh, Possibly the hardest category. Uh, all year, I've had three movies kind of jostling back and forth, but at the end of the day, I think I have to go with The Lighthouse as my favorite movie of the year. Hmm. We have talked at length in a full episode <laughs> and on these past two episodes about what makes The Lighthouse so incredible. Um, at the end of the day, having Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson just going at it, like a, you know, a two-hander and knowing Edgar's like theatrical background, uh, that's just really what pushed this movie above uh, Parasite and Booksmart, which are all kind of like jostling for best picture. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, my vote goes for The Lighthouse. Nice. Um, well, before I read what mine is, I just want to quickly read my stats that I looked up uh, on uh, Letterbox. This was a really big year for me for movies. Um, in total, uh, I watched 289 oh. movies this year. <laughs> oh <my God>. wow. <laughs> um, which of of those movies, uh, 61 were 2019 releases. This is for sure the most like releases of a year like I've seen, which is like pretty crazy um, that I have gone to the movies this much this year and seen yeah. so much stuff, um, which is pretty cool. Um, so because I got to see so many movies and because I'm writing for Cinema 76, I got to go to the Philadelphia Film Festival and some of my other picks were also on this list. Um, but my best picture um, has to go to Swallow. Um, it was pretty close again with Parasite because Parasite's great, but... Uh, Swallow is directed by Carlos Mirabella Davis. Um, Swallow is um, a movie that I have definitely talked about before, but this is a first-time director. Um, He talked about how this is kind of um, loosely based on, like, the stuff that his grandmother went through and how she ended up um, being um, put into, like, an institution because she was found, like, kind of unfit, uh, like women in the, you know, like, 50s and 60s were typically as housewives. And this takes that kind of story 
story and it puts it in a modern setting where uh, the main character, whose name is, I'm going to pull it up right now, um, um, is played by Haley Bennett. Um, but, crap, I can't find her name. Um, but Haley Bennett's amazing in this movie. She was definitely a runner-up for um, performances. I think she should get nominated. Um when this movie gets a 2020 release, uh, I think sometime in March, hopefully. Um, but she plays the main character who has uh, pica and she swallows inanimate objects um, that are sometimes potentially dangerous. It's kind of a way to control um, her life, which she has no other real control in. She's with like a kind of domineering husband and his rich family who kind of control all of her, her whereabouts and movements and even how she looks and goes about her life. So... Um, this is one of the few things she can control. Uh, and this was like a really amazing movie that I can't believe was directed by a man. But he had like he said, like two thirds of his crew were like women. Um, there were women writers working on it. So he really tried to like um, take the female experience as well as like his grandmother's experience very seriously. And it was uh, pretty amazing and impactful. So uh, Swallow is my best for 2019. So this movie has already come up. My number one was Parasite. I had to pick it. Um, I think for just, uh, I would say, a near flawlessly executed movie, this was the top of my list. Um, I think Bong Joon-ho really refined elements I I really liked of his previous movies, of Snowpiercer. We talked a lot about Okja. Um, But it it was sort of refined and focused into a movie that uh, had... I mean, yeah, it's like horror, comedy, satire, social political allegory, deals with inequity, (laughs) class struggle, capital. I mean, and it it just it did so in just such a well acted and just tight narrative that just floored me when I finished watching it. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but yeah, had to give it. Had to give it to Ooh. to Parasite, and I and I wish the best for happy for him did. for uh, the Oscars, hoping that yeah he gets some love. My best picture pick is the first movie I saw of 2020, so it is Little Women. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> um, it's it's so great. It it really is, and if you are a fan of the Winona Ryder version, um, it's different. And it's in in my humble opinion, it is better. Whoa. Um, it is so good. The characters are developed far more than they are in the Winona Ryder version, and um, certain things that really just made me uncomfortable in that original, not the original original, but in that take, like the age gaps in with mm. certain relationships are not even an issue in this one they like unofficially age the characters up they never say an age but like the actors are obviously older and um oh god laura dern's performance is just amazing 2019 is her year yeah she's great there's a particular scene where i had the bottom lip quiver which (laughs) like i don't get that often i mean i cry like literally at a drop of a hat like truly um but i don't get the bottom lip quiver unless it is intense (laughs) and so there is i cried like five different times in that movie um but this one in particular she is crying and i was just like Oh, not Laura Dern. Um, but it's great. Got it at the very end of 2019. I still really want to see that one. Yeah. You should. Uh, that leaves me with uh, Best Picture. And uh, though 
The Lighthouse was my favorite film of the year. Uh, I would have to also go ahead and hand it off to uh, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Um, this haunting portrait of a socioeconomic inequality uh, weaves a tale of desperation, deception, and cunning action. The film handles its characters with care and depth, its cinematography and pacing with precision, and its morality with a razor's edge of a master craftsman, all culminating in an unforgettably unique and strangely touching work of art. Uh, 2019 was year of cinematic extremes, uh, during which Parasite stood out as both daring and perfectly timed, and will likely stand the test of time as a snapshot of our current world and the uncertainties that lie ahead. Mm. So I would have to hand it over um, to that one, even though I, there were other films that maybe I enjoyed more, or other films that were more up my alley. Parasite really spoke to something that is so current and so urgent um, that it feels undeniable. Um, and is also... Uh, pound by pound and piece by piece one of the most well considered and crafted films I've seen in, in, in like the past decade at least um, so I would have to hand it over to Parasite as a, as a picture of the year for me for 2019 all great films mm-hmm. anybody have any shout outs for movies that maybe didn't quite make anybody's list but definitely wanted to share some love that we may not have talked about on previous episodes or these past two um I definitely loved Rocket Man quite a bit, and um, I think that everyone should check that out. <laughs> I also <laughs> watched. Did I mention this on the podcast the night before Christmas? Oh my God! Okay, so, <laughs> um, it, and it's night K N I G H T. Oh yes, oh, oh, yes. Where he trained, he like uh, to find Vanessa is, Hudgens to marry. Yeah, her. flashed forward it's, in time. It is so bad. Yeah. It is amazing. <laughs> I, and like you know, it is what it is. It's one of those like romantic Christmas movies. But God damn, did it have me enthralled. So nice. it's shitty, but <laughs> I loved it. Um, I want to quickly give a shout out to Uncut Gems, uh, which did not make any of my oh, lists. But I still really want to see, see that. Uh, it's very good. So I've heard. Um, and it was like very similar with like seeing Dolomite is my name, where I was like, whoa, like seeing Adam Sandler do this like role that's like really crazy and intense um, and like really good um it was like a very stressful movie it didn't make any of like my top stuff um my like top 10 at least it's probably like in my top like 15 top 20 but um it's it's a very very good movie yeah also great uh use of sound and like the music and it's really good and there's some crazy the opening shots and the closing shots are wild (laughs) oh my god yeah um yeah that was that was at the top of my list too I'm glad Booksmart got some love yep. because that was that was a a nice gem, hmm. so to speak, of the of the year. Um, documentary, wanna uh, hail Satan? I watched that was nineteen. Oh, that was good too. That was a yeah, great documentary. That. We didn't really talk about docs, but that was a good one this year. One documentary I want to bring up is one that Christina and I saw, and that was Apollo Eleven. Mm. Oh shit! Was that, that was a 2019? Just, that was 2019. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh yeah that was so good yeah mm, using that up. um just untampered footage of the actual like apollo 11 lunar landing probably the best quote-unquote scene of the year for me is the three four minute one take like one shot of the of um eagle one landing on the moon like, it's just one fixed shot as you just see the number get closer and closer to how close it is to impact on the moon. 
And I was just like, we were both sitting there like holding our chest. Like, I am so happy you brought this up. Here am I talking about a fucking chase scene on the moon that's made up. And we watched the fucking real thing. <laughs> Talk about best visual effects. It was real. It was real. Oh, God, I'm so happy you brought that up. Yeah, that was so good. Mm. I mean, if you believe in the moon landing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean we basically just watched a uh, Stanley Kubrick movie. Mm. Well, I have some notes on uh, what was most recommended uh, based on uh, our, our mutual answers. And uh, coming in with uh, two votes each, uh, we have uh, uh, Atlantics, which I believe both were Christine's. Wait. <laughs> yes. So check it out so if you're, if out, you're a Christine beautiful. fan. Uh, we also have Booksmart with two. We have Us with two. We have Endgame with two as well. Um, as far as television, uh, it felt like a blowout. That was pretty much Chernobyl. Um, as far as worst, it was a tie between the Ted Bundy movie, uh, Extremely <laughs> Wicked, Incredibly Violent, whatever, uh, with two. <laughs> That's what it should have been called. <laughs> and Serenity with two. Um, then we have, uh, with three votes, um, and this obviously more in the positive, um, Midsommar and Parasite tied. And then uh, the number one film of 2019, according to our uh, our collective votes, would be b- uh, b- with a total of six is The Lighthouse. Wow. wow. So there you have it. Impressive. I wonder also if if talking about it, like, intri- like I guess, rooted the love even even more. It's like having, I like doing a dedicated episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. been it's been on the butter butter with that mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's the movie I've seen the most this year. I think I saw that. I saw that twice. I don't think I've seen any other movie twice this year. Oh, I've seen Godzilla three times, and I've seen <laughs> Star Wars three times. <laughs> I saw The Lighthouse five times, so I, yeah, that'd be the winner for me. <laughs> I watched the older Star Wars many, many times. Nice. <laughs> I think I watched The Last Jedi maybe four or five times. I mean, it is the best of the trilogy. I agree. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Seeing Rise of Skywalker, I have to go back and watch Force Awakens and Last Because I haven't seen The Last Jedi in theaters, and I've seen Force Awakens twice. And we'll probably never see The Rise of Skywalker again. Yep. You know what, though? Like, you know, the, the last half hour? I want to. I don't have to see that. Everything else? Fine. Fine. Just, oh. just give me a supercut of Adam Driver. Mm. That's it. I mean, truly. Oh, but he's in the mask a lot. He is in the mask he a lot. Is. And how can you know that's him? How can you prove it? Oh, you know. Oh, you know it's him. You know. <laughs> it's not like oh, the Mandalorian what? where he could, like, maybe be a different actor. Right. Like, you know what Adam Driver's body looks like. <laughs> so true. I can't believe we went the whole award show without talking about Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Captain <laughs> the hearts and minds of America. You know what? We With... can't get into that now because it's 930 right. and I'm it's tired. <laughs> Wait, I want to say one thing about Baby Yoda. The fact that it has teeth really threw me. I had to Google, does Yoda have teeth? It's yes, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> it's a sonic problem all over again. <laughs> no, he looks cute with teeth. Um, I disagree. <laughs> Which was it? I saw a headline that said Baby Yoda is in fact not a baby. What's the deal? He's 50 years old. He's 50 years old. Oh. They age differently. Yoda was like a thousand. Got That's it. True. So, like in Yoda years, a yeah. baby. It's a baby. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we are rolling the carpet up, throwing out the empty Martinelli bottles, oh. and the stars are going home. Thank you so much for joining us <laughs> on our awards extravaganza oh, spectacular. Wow. Um, oh. I had a lot of fun talking about all these movies, uh, remembering some favorites that I saw earlier in the year. Um, any kind of final thoughts before we wrap it up? Shout outs. This was fun. Tell us your favorite yes. movie of 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instagram. And what are some categories you would like to hear us do or talk about? Mm-hmm. Let's split into three parts next year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many or maybe we can do like an Insta story or something mm-hmm. of like <laughs> responses. Ooh, that'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a wonderful early 2020. Hope this year uh, treats you very well and hope you guys see a lot of great movies from this year and from years past. Signing off from the Butter Without Awards extravaganza, this is Connor. This is Tori. This is Christine. This is Sam. And Dave here. And you have a wonderful night to you and yours. Oh. Bye.